Hey you guys, it's If You're Listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. My name is Ramsey. Were you laughing at me when you started that intro? <laughs> uh, no, I was, uh, well, I, laughing at I was laughing because I heard you sip some tea. <laughs> and the thought was, I'll just cut that out later, but let's get it clean. There we go. <laughs> okay. Sounds, sounds delicious. Okay, it's, uh... Uh, it's some, I actually don't know what it is. It's some weird blend that they sent me with some tea sus- subscription called like Taurus blend, mm. which is my astrological sign. So apparently it's uh, going to align my moons or <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, Let's do a quick uh, <laughs> check in on our favorite segment, Heather's health status. Uh, dying. You're dying. Your moons are all out of alignment. The tea, the tea's going to fix the moons. But my throat hurts so bad. <laughs> so if I just stop speaking during this podcast, my throat has probably closed up and I have died. <laughs> and I just want to apologize to any listeners if the sound of the spoon in the tea does activate your sunken place. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's actually not a spoon. It's I have a, oh. a, a like a tea ball thing. That has a sorry. Okay, now it's now this is a fully podcast. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey. Thank God we have a guest to bail me out when I can't speak Perfect. today. I'm putting a lot on a guest now. <laughs> uh, with us today, we've got comedian, writer. You know him from the best show. You know him from the best show Patreon. You know him from <laughs> sketch comedy. You know his voice as uh, the thing. Uh, it's Jason Gore. The thing, yeah, that's a new thing. I, I was, I was when that went up. I was literally like, "Oh man, what's Ramsey gonna think of this? He's gonna enjoy this." He's so excited, is what happened. Yeah, I got. Uh, hi guys, this is hi Jason. This is, Hello, this is killer. We we tried to do this a long time ago, and then a little something called the pandemic kind of derailed it. Yeah, I don't know if, yep. if you uh, guys are still experiencing the pandemic. Um, um, is it over there with you guys too? Is it still there? Yeah, we still have it here. Oh God, it's still yeah, here, yeah. still have it. It's not great. No, yeah, it isn't. it isn't. I do like your little tea ball though. That's really nice. Thank you. It's a great Thanks. sound too. <laughs> it's not unpleasant. Thirty Rock. They're like yeah. Yeah. now they're drinking tea. <laughs> this tea is it's... delicious. <laughs> Brought to you by Lipton's. <laughs> Lip- yeah, I didn't think about the fact that I got the noisiest tea receptacle <laughs> before we started recording an audio podcast. Let's see if I can do a door effect. There we go. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> All right, you jamokes. Everybody, get your tea together. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> thanks so much for doing this. Do you want to tell Ramsey what album we're doing today? I would love to tell Ramsey what album we're doing today, because uh, when you guys brought me this concept, um, I was like, there's no way he's ever listened to this album, ever. <laughs> and uh, it's a really important album for me in my growth as a human being. Um, it was released on August 12th, 1991. Oh. It is the self-titled album by Metallica. Oh. Otherwise known as the Black Album. So, oh, yes. Okay. Based on nope. 91, this uh-huh. is not their first album. Oh, Lord, no. This is probably their... Okay, well, Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Masters of Pup- Master of mm-hmm. Puppets. Masters of Puppets is a sequel they, they probably should do. <laughs> um, and Justice for All. And then this one. Oh, wow. Without, and that was, without, so this is a fifth album. That was from memory. I just want our listeners to know that you oh, yeah. didn't reference anything there. Hey, you're talking to a guy who wore a Metallica t-shirt every day of the week at school. <laughs> I had seven shirts that I could rotate in and out 
uh, from like 1990 to 92. Like 92 is when the Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden shirts started kind of finding their way into the mix. But uh, the year before Metallica, it was Bo Jackson. Oh. I would wear a, Bo, a different Bo Jackson, like a football Bo Jackson shirt, a baseball Bo Jackson. Like, <laughs> Bo can do it all. He, he's, and, he knows them all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how different were the Metallica shirts? Was there... Oh, I mean, very different. Like, okay. there was one white one that just said Injustice for All and had all of their faces. You know, there were, like, like album cover shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, the best shirt that I got, when, it was when I actually saw Metallica in concert, which was my uh, second concert that I had ever seen at the Roanoke Civic Center. Um, I think I want to say it was April 92, something like that. My dad was supposed to take me and my friend Danny to the concert, uh, but then he had a heart attack that day, so he couldn't take us. It's a good reason. Um, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's fair. But fair, very fair. Uh, also, I kind of think he may have done it to get out of taking us to Metallica. <laughs> like, he didn't want to see it. Um, but we're in the hospital room and he's like, I don't want you guys to, <laughs> that's, that's my dad on his, on his heart, heart attack bed. That's the voice I'm going to give him. He's like, I don't want you guys to miss this concert. So Danny's mom took us to see Metallica. Wow. How mad was Danny's mom at your dad? Uh, she was a little pissed. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, no, she was probably a little pissed. She didn't show it, but I'm sure that whole drive from Radford, Virginia up I-81 to uh, the Roanoke Civic Center, she was like, motherfucker, I can't. Like, it's it's got to be a big jump from like, I get a night without my kid. Oh, to, to taking them to a Metallica <laughs> to show. Metallica that, show. That's a- now, here's a fun thing about this show, too. It, uh, for this tour, for this album, Metallica, Metallica, mm-hmm. they had a diamond-shaped stage. Cool. So there was a pit in the middle they called the Snake Pit. Oh, oh like so in the everyone center of get the, the diamond? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you were in the middle of the, the stage, just like, you know, th- they were right there. You were looking right up at them. That was the coolest thing. We wanted Snake Pit passes more than anything. <laughs> we didn't get them. Mm-hmm. But another, another great thing about this tour was the opener was a documentary. What? <laughs> there was no op- there was no opening band on this tour. It's just they Roger played- and me? They yes, they played <laughs> they played the uh the rabbit skinning scene from Roger and me just on a loop. And Lars would Lars Ulrich would pop in like, whoa, look at that. And then they played again. No, they would play clips from A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica, which was a documentary about the making of the black album. Hmm. That is so they show it's, it look. was it, it was insane. Yeah. And so we're watching like all like these just like mulleted, drunk Southwest Virginia Metallica yep. fans are like, yeah, come on, Talica, where they, you know, they say Talica, they drop the M. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, Talica, let's do this. And uh, it's just like them, like, working on a drum beat <laughs> up on the big screen. And every now and then, Lars Ulrich would, like, pop in from backstage, like a live feed from backstage. And my friend Danny and I were like, oh, shit, he's there. And... uh He's like, are you motherfuckers ready? And we're like, yeah. And Danny's mom is just like, her head just slowly slumps. She's like, what did I do? I I should have researched this a little bit before I brought these. How old would I have been? 13-year-old boys to see a documentary open for Metallica. Okay. My, okay. I feel like 
this is in line with at least later Dave Metallica, what I know them to be. Yeah. Them not <laughs> wanting to pay an opener and instead mm. screening their own documentary, oh, yeah. which they are somehow making money on, I am sure. Oh, probably. And be like, no, we don't need an opener. We'll open for ourselves <laughs> with our own documentary. What? <laughs> yeah. And it was the craziest thing. Looking back on it, it's just like, and then yeah. like following the tour, they immediately released the whole thing on two VHS tapes. Right. And I was, was there like midnight was sale. It was a two oh, VHS set? Man, that thing probably should have been on five tapes. Oh my God. It was the longest thing. And I watched it like <laughs> 92. All, I, most of 1992 was probably spent watching that documentary. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is a nightmare to me. Um, just the, <laughs> the idea of this documentary opening before a That's show. Crazy. Yes. Also, I got to say, as an adult, the idea of the snake pit is also my nightmare. <gasps> I yes. can't get to the bar or the bathroom. This oh, is a, yeah. this is a no go for Heather as an adult. <laughs> oh yeah, and you're stuck there for the entire show. No, yeah. no, it's no, got to no. be like Times Square New Year's Eve situation there. No, it, it is exactly like that. They they probably had a band meeting like the, you know those pits that they do those those pee pits they do in Times Square. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, no, we- like. Every time I go to a show now as an adult, the spot I pick is is strategically designed yes. for bar and bathroom access at 1, all times. 1,000%. Also, just the exit in general, because sure. I don't trust any venue to have actual fire yeah. safety plans. So, no. you know. <laughs> if, you're going, if you're going to see a show at Bowery, you're, you're, I stay at the very back, mm-hmm. right by that back bar, and right back the, by the stairs that'll take me down to the bathroom. Uh, oh, Yeah. Except you can go up the stairs by the bathroom, by the women's bathroom, and then be in the front of Bowery. That's my secret trick. I know. I did do that once. I did that the, the last show. The very last show I ever saw, um, February 20th, mm-hmm. I saw Sloan, mm-hmm. and then the world shut down. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I did that trick. That it's was a good a very trick. Good, very good, good trick. Yeah. No, I, I pushed it. I My last show was like fucking march 13th or some shit like like literally like the day before they were like let's not do this yeah probably shouldn't be doing shows right now yep instead i was at webster hall oh my (laughs) god seeing who who did you see the get up kids and dashboard confessional you can't miss that you can't you can't did did they do that vindicated song of course they did of course they did 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 they have a song from like spider-man or something it was that one it was vindicated (laughs) there we go even better that's the spider-man song that's the best like spider-man's fucking flying through the air like (laughs) vindicated it's incredible Incredible. my wife is a huge uh dashboard fan so we we sing that from time to time understandable i'm gonna mention this just because i think it's appropriate to the dynamic of the show my last show was uh seeing company on broadway oh my god <laughs> yeah that's all <laughs> what, what, just... what date was that uh i want to say it was two days before the lockdown but i don't remember the exact date that that would have been yeah say, yeah mine i think i feel like we were both there we were both doing the things we were discussing that same night but i, I don't know so. when it was yeah um, it's fine pandemic guys still happening everywhere from what from what i hear yeah yeah we based on our roundup earlier (laughs) (laughs) i just took a sample group here and uh, that's like oh then it must still be 100 still happening so i don't i don't think i know this album very well we have done one other metallica album on this Mm -hmm. show which i would say is um the the deepest dive i've done into metallica so like i i obviously growing up in the 90s no Metallica, no mm-hmm. Metallica songs. And I mean, 
the main things I know about them involve them killing Napster. For yeah. <laughs> beyond that. I, I mentioned yeah. on the Nick Weiger episode that they did sue my friend Ronald directly. Directly? Yep. He put in his well, full address. <laughs> so that was his fault when he signed up for like, Napster. And like Lars went to his house? <laughs> he served him. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's only official if a member of Metallica serves you your papers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say, Ronald... He kind of had it coming. Yeah, I made fun of him when he told me for putting in his real name into Napster. <laughs> That's your fault. I don't think, did I? Well, I never downloaded anything by Metallica You on owned Napster. it already. I already owned all of it. Yeah, you didn't um, need it. Yeah, I didn't. I used Napster to get, like, those Weird Al Yankovic songs that weren't Weird <laughs> Al Yankovic. Sure. Like, every mislabeled song that was uh, like, oh, it's a parody song. It's got to be Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. What if God Smoked Cannabis? Yeah, that's got to be yeah. Weird Al. Oh, it's his best, best song. <laughs> um, I used it mainly for downloading Weezer tracks mm-hmm. and uh, pro- probably, like, Weezer and Wilco was what I used in a Napster the most for. The song I got kicked up off of Napster for downloading was a B.B. Mac song, the, <laughs> that British... Boy band. <laughs> that is a name I have not thought about since I never... 1998. <laughs> yeah, BB Mac back here. Also, for the record, still a jam. <laughs> no, still a good song. It is. Like, is that is a good song. until you're back here? Yes. Okay. See? Yeah. I do remember. It's that. a jam. <laughs> yep. That's a good Honestly, song. Honestly, worth it. Got that MP3. Got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I never got kicked off of Napster. You're I think still it's on probably. It. I'm still on it. I'm. <laughs> I'm probably still downloading a Wilco record. Mm. Um. <laughs> I think I graduated to Soulseek. Yep. And kind of mm-hmm. stopped using Napster when all of the crackdowns started happening. I was a big Kazaa person. I was Kazaa, mm-hmm. yeah. LimeWire? Uh, yeah, I had LimeWire. And then also when I went to college, we had really fast internet. And so there was a specific college um, file sharing at my oh, wow. school. You went to nerd college. I went to nerd. I went to a nerd college, though. To be fair, uh, like that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that mm. was a thing. Um, but it's very relevant to the story because Metallica kind of, you know, burned a lot of bridges with that. A lot of the, like the the good faith that Metallica built up in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> um, like a lot of fans turned on them because of all that, and I think it, it turned into a different Metallica after that. Well, and what, so when this album came out, you said 91, right? What yeah, else 91. were you listening to at this time? Granted, you were 13. Maybe you were literally only listening to Metallica, because I feel like that's you heard a shirt I was collection. I was about 13. <laughs> well, yeah. I, was listening to a, I was listening to a bunch of different stuff at that time. My favorite band at that point in time, and still, is Queen. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I was listening to a lot of Queen. Um, I was listening to, uh, I, don't, I don't think like the, the deep dive into... Like Seattle bands, that didn't really happen for me until November '92. Um, I remember when I was at a high school dance or middle school dance. Sorry, middle school dance, and the DJ played "Smells Like Teen Spirit," mm. and it was the first time I'd ever heard it. Oh wow! My friend Danny from the uh, Snake Pit um, <laughs> had mentioned it earlier in the day. He's like, "You got to hear this song, Smells Like Teen Spirit," and I'm like, "Okay, I, I'll." Turn on MTV later tonight because I was a, <laughs> I was a rabid MTV watcher. Like, Same. if if John Norris isn't or Kurt Loder or Tabitha Soren are not delivering the news to me, it never happened. Yeah. So and so I saw them all like all the kids freak out and I'm like, okay, I love this. So I, I immediately, the first CDs I ever bought 
I was a tape guy before that. Mm. The first th- CDs I ever bought, uh, I bought uh, Nirvana Nevermind and uh, Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger on the same day. I right. have never so. heard that album title before, and I hate it. I just want that Wait. to be on the record. <laughs> you never, you never heard Soundgarden Bad Motorfinger? Nope. You I know, you probably know the songs off of it, like Outshined and Rusty Cage. Possibly, he, he probably doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't the whole that's the whole premise of this. Of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't. I'm there. saying it like Ramsey. Come on, you no. you know Rusty I mean, Cage. I still do that. And yes. we have an entire podcast about it. Yeah. Yes. I just saw, as soon as I said that, I just saw the empty look. Ramsey's like, maybe <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I don't want to let you down. Well, it's a great record. It's a great record. Um, so, yeah, that's what I was listening to uh, around that point in time. I was get, slowly getting more and more into Neil Young because my dad was really into it. Yeah. Um, my first concert was Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, I was going to ask that, and it came uh, up organically. That's awesome. Yeah, and it was, and I was, I hated being there because I was oh. so like deep into like my metal phase. Like I had a full on mullet, but mine was a McCartney okay. mullet. And okay. So I did like the Beatles, and I, you know, when Off the Ground came out, I'm like, I want that haircut. <laughs> so it's like very poofy up here, very flowing and curly in the back, and I had like a little pube stash. Oh no! So that was me wearing like a Metallica shirt, going to see Crosby, Stills and Nash um, <laughs> on the Live It Up tour. Maybe, uh, which, if you've somehow, ever listened, somehow feels right to me. I don't yeah, know. No, this it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it worked. And I was at that show just looking around like fucking hippies. They don't listen to Metallica. I listen to Metallica. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I was listening to a lot of different stuff at that time. Like I was still very heavy into metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of, I think grunge kind of pulled me away from all that because by the end of '92, I was wearing like exclusively Pearl Jam t-shirts. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. Um, Ramsey, yes. Would you like to see this album art? <laughs> I have a feeling I could. I'm going to be able to guess what it looks like based on the album title. But well, I'm... okay. Here's the problem: is I'm a little confused, so I'm about to share a tab of an image search because I'm going to need Jason to help me okay. here. Show um, me that album art. Because on some, <laughs> I can't even see the word Metallica, but right. then on some, I can. Like on yes. the Wikipedia one, it basically looks like nothing. Yep. Yep. So That's I what don't it know like. what is going on. This is like when you first load a video game on your PlayStation and you've got to move the sensor until you can't see the logo anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so, yes, the one where you can barely see the logo this. is the true album cover. Okay. Now, later later on down the road, I I guess it was like a marketing idea or something to fix mm. the to make the logo record so legible right <laughs> <laughs> so you can see who it actually is <laughs> um and i know this is also like kind of taken from spinal tap because spinal tap had the oh. all black album cover and i remember also, them having like some friendly words backstage at the uh the freddie mercury tribute concert which happened oh. in april tw- 1992 and they both played that Mm. so um wait spinal tap was at that oh god yeah that's they played majesty of rock huh there because they had just put out break like the wind that's and um crazy yeah. so spinal tap played the man the, the freddie mercury tribute concert i highly recommend going back and watching that it is insane to see the bands who did play like and then insane to see the bands the artists who performed with queen 
like seeing mm-hmm. Elton John do the front half of Bohemian Rhapsody and Axl Rose do the second. Oh half wow, is really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, that's the album. There's the Don't Tread on Me snake. It's the worst snake. Yes. It's but this was before, like, the the alt-right had taken... Of course, uh, but even so, this is a sh- still a shit drawing of a snake. It's a bad snake. <laughs> <laughs> but that, here we go back to what we talked about earlier. That's why you get the snake pit. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if this was, like, this one here. Oh, this looks like someone just reimagined it. They should use yeah. this cover. This is way cooler. That just looks like, like... Real, like a live pile of cool snakes. <laughs> not that's, a, not that's a, a real snake, snake. Pit. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, James Hatfield's like, what if we have a live pile of real snakes on the cover? God. Real Indiana Jones style. <laughs> was, like, when you bought this, you literally mm-hmm. still couldn't read it? Because this no. was why I was confused, is that it looked like it would have been, like an album that was printed with like metallic lettering Mm-mm. you know what i mean so it would yeah. like show up shiny or it, it something it looks like a bad screen print <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it and maybe it was a fuck up maybe mm. that that just happened and uh they were like they were, it looks cool that's Let's the go real with it. Yeah. spinal tap experience yeah or they were so wound down and just tired of focusing on this record after a year and a half that they're like whatever you want to put on the cover <laughs> Oh, you guys! You can get a you can get a quill of every Metallica album cover right here. It's oh, um, that's actually huge. very affordable. It's yeah, fifty eight dollars. Um, F- feels affordable for a quill. <laughs> one one thing I want to mention is earlier when we were talking about my, my favorite Metallica shirts, the one shirt that I bought at that concert was an all over print Metallica shirt that was like a collage of all their album covers, like into like one scenic painting. Wow. And it's still, I, I, if I could get another version of that shirt, I would wear it around and my marriage would be over. <laughs> when um, we did ride the lightning, we did find um, fully, like full printed um, board shorts of the ride the lightning cover, oh, which yeah. was yep. crazy. What, what was, was like the electric chair on the ass or something? Or, uh, yeah. I think uh, it was just the lightning pattern, like went okay. all the way around. Yeah. Nice. I think that's right. It was it was absurd still. <laughs> <laughs> so this is nice though, guys. You you're hearing the growth of Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm excited so, to do that. Uh I am gonna ask one quick question because I didn't really uh, besides listening to Ride the Lightning recently, uh-huh. I the only other real Metallica experience I had was when uh, my English when they teacher sued you and came to your house. <laughs> they sued they sued my friend Ronald. Uh, <laughs> and also my <laughs> I love it so much. I just love the idea of him getting served, and he's like, "What?" I really do want to know. I can't remember how, if he had to pay something. I think he. I don't know how that resolved. I need to get in touch with him. Oh. Um, but also, my ninth grade English teacher played us the one music video two times in oh. a row. Okay. Wow, two times in a row. What did they have to use the bathroom? I don't know. It was for that's a poetry like, unit. That's like a classic radio trick where we would play like one. Or like uh, Stairway to Heaven, mm. just a really, or all of Jeff Thoreau's Thick as a Brick. <laughs> that's a and really just long like, one. That's a really long one. That's when you're like, I'm going to be in the bathroom a while. I'm going to put on <laughs> Thick as a Brick. Um, yeah. No. Uh, wow. That's also a very, uh, tr- like, that's a very tough song as a kid 
to have to listen to twice in a row. And the, like all the, the gun battles yep. and the Vietnam War. and the, That was a very traumatizing music video. That is the reason <laughs> I remember that lesson. It's because oh uh, I could still hear Johnny, who did, yeah. got his gun. He's saying, yeah. like, can you hear me? From yeah. his uh, yeah. brain prison. I hate it. I haven't seen the movie, but I know... I know the story. Oh, oh well, God. so that was Metallica's first like real hit. Okay. I was wondering if it was on this album is why. I was so they up. got the taste that was on injustice for all. So they got the taste. They're like, guys, we got a hit. We're playing the <laughs> Grammys. Now we got to have more hits. So this is the album that has the hits. Okay. This is okay. when they started more into like their like, Oh, uh, sorry. I just looked at the track listing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. This is when they're like, let's sell some records. <laughs> yeah, okay. And um, they did. I am curious if Ramsey will know some of these. He has to. I As I, much college football as Ramsey watches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta uh, know it. I'm gonna, is this fun? Can I make a couple guesses? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is Nothing Else Matters on here? Oh, you know it. Okay. Oh, you okay. know, that was a tearjerker. I cried when I saw them do that in uh, in April 1992. I went to a wedding where th- that was a slow dance. <laughs> like the dance with the father? <laughs> and nothing else matters. The nice thing about uh, Nothing Else Matters, too, is the fact that it's so easy to play on guitar. Oh. It's literally, you don't have to even put your hand on the guitar. You do the top string and then the bottom four. That's the whole, that's the whole done. real riff of the song. <laughs> so when I was like starting to be a musician at this point, point in my life, you know, my band would play Nothing Else Matters all the time. Perfect. So I'm great really song for weddings, though. That's really. <laughs> the, and now the bride will have a dance with her father, uh, Reginald, to Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. <laughs> Um, oh boy. I'm so glad you had an anecdote about that because I'm out of guesses. Let's listen to this album. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really impressed that that was your guess because I thought another one would have been your guess. Same, like the first one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very shocked. Well, apparently I All have right. only a deep knowledge of this band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be cut, deep cuts only, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Ring any bells for you, Ramsey? Yes, this, wait. I don't hear anything. I can very faintly hear it. Can you turn it up a little? Let me fix that for you. Okay. Can you guys hear it now? Yes. Yes. Cool. And this is Enter Sandman? Here it comes. Get ready. Okay. Get ready. (laughs) That's where it kicks in. Oh, that's where we're like, Talica's on stage! (laughs) Was this the opener? Open with this on this tour? Like you, you have to. So, you never heard so many screams in Southwest Virginia. <laughs> like, Talica! I would get so many. When I worked in radio in Southwest Virginia, I worked at a radio station called 105.3 The Bear. And I would get so many collect calls from the local jails. Oh. And that was the way that they would request songs. They would just be like, you have a collect call from Play Talica, man! And then <laughs> click. And I would, I would play it. That's kind awesome. of amazing, it, yeah. It was wonderful. The effort was... put in for that, you're like, yes, absolutely done. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I just played Enter Sandman, I'm going to play it again because this person from the uh, correctional facility just asked for it. Yeah? Yeah. Um, some fun fact here uh, that goes to me working at 105.3 The Bear, the Valley's rock station. <laughs> um, 
Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech Hokies football team, were they were looking for a song for them to run out of their tunnel to. Sure. And they came to the radio station, like, they were like, hey, do you guys have any ideas? Oh, wow. And Pat Kelly, who was the morning DJ, one of the best DJs I've ever worked with, just a hell of a guy, who was like, oh, yeah, you guys should do Enter Sandman for that. And since then, that this has been every Virginia Tech Hokies football game. They're, like, running out of the tunnel. The crowd goes nuts. Everyone's, Metallica! <laughs> uh, Metallica has even played it at a game or, oh, and, wow. and stuff. Like, it's synonymous with the Hokies. Um, because of my time at 105.3 The Bear. <laughs> and now I understand um, why you accused me of listening to college football. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, come on, Ramsey, he's a big Hokies fan. Uh, 100%. Ramsey knows this. Uh, yeah, there's um, no way I was surprised when you said Hokies earlier. Because <laughs> I knew like, it. I knew it all like, the time. Literally, literally, what are you saying? <laughs> what word? Did you make that word up? The video for this... Was, I kind uh, of feel like I have like muscle memory of this video. Like, yeah. What is it? Cindy, I watched MTV so much as a kid. I feel like it's somewhere in my brain, but it's like the deep recesses. <laughs> what, see, if you had to pitch what you remember this video to be, what would it be? Okay, it's very nondescript. It's like, it, like okay, I feel like it is a very orange video. Don't know why I think it's orange. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of close-ups. There's a lady. Uh, curtains. That's all I got. <laughs> you're. Vi- I think you're thinking orange just because it was a lot of close-ups on their flesh. I feel like <laughs> so, it's a lot of close-ups. So it's like a lot of close-ups. It's like they're in a dark room and the camera's going all around, like all close-ups, just really fast cuts. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the video now to see if I'm even if it like actually matches what my brain is doing. Mm, oh, it has the little kid. Yes, this uh, is no, the I kid part right that. here. Oh, man, this song rules. It's going to kick back in right now. What's the kid saying? Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Um, the kid is saying, uh, it's like, close my eyes before I sleep. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's that prayer. Now, yeah, now I let me down to sleep. It's, it's that thing that Metallica wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else wrote that. Yeah. Wait, why does this song have shared writing credit with the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> well, James and, and Lars were like, we're not sharing credit with the Bible. <laughs> the Bible shares credit with Metallica. <laughs> I will say that was the big takeaway I had from Ride the Lightning, was uh-huh. I was surprised at all the literary illusions. This oh, was yeah. a smarter band than I th- thought they hey, were. The smartest band around, Metallica. <laughs> I mean, they were in early on stopping peer-to-peer file sharing. Which, like, in retrospect, I mean, we're, like, we're all mad at Spotify for giving artists one cent. Yeah. We came up on Napster giving them goddamn zero cents. Yeah. Yep. Metallica was right. They were yeah. right. All along. Have you they heard this right. song? Like, Ramsey, had you ever heard this song? So, I, I know the I... football games you went to? <laughs> yeah. uh, I have definitely heard this song... Okay. Um, Multiple times, like, I don't know, I couldn't tell you where, but I do know for a fact that I've played this on Rock Band. That's my yes. primary. 1,000%. Yeah. That's a that's a good place to know it from. <laughs> my mom only it. knows uh, Eric Johnson's Cliffs of Dover because she played it on Rock Band so much. <laughs> that's funny. It's that song that's like, and it's her ringtone. 
So oh, if wow. you call my mom, it's like she's looking for her phone in the back background. You hear, <laughs> like if it's in her purse. And she's just picturing the colored buttons as she hears her phone ring. <laughs> she, her, it's just muscle memory. Her, her fingers are just moving and you can't yep. stop them. Oh, yeah. Track two, guys. Sad but true. This was also another hit from the album Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> I was going to say, I understand that uh, we don't get a lot of fade out songs anymore. Mm. Like I feel like that's not a thing so much now. Not at all. Not at all. You're right. They just stop. Yeah. Now, I wonder, I wonder when that went out of favor. They were probably like, well, Metallica did it the best. <laughs> we're done. Why, Let's leave it. Why would we Why would we try it? We can't do it. Why would we, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, fade out Californication? Let's just let it end. I'm sorry that I know this, but uh, there's only one ABBA song that doesn't fade out. What is it, Waterloo? I don't know the name of it. I think it's just some weird B-side thing. They but all fade out? Every single one of them, except for that one. I wonder why. It does. I mean, I don't love a fade out. <laughs> like, it feels like you just didn't know how to end your song. Yeah. I like also, when it's a really long fade out and you can hear them still having to play it. Yeah. When you hear, like, some diff- some variations on yep. the riff. Yep. I always like to think, like, oh, man, like, what happened? Did they, like, <laughs> blow into a whole other, like... Because some of those Beatles songs that would fade out and you hear those tracks, after, like, years later... Um, you know, you hear the stuff that happened after the fade out, and you're like, yep. oh, that's really cool. That should have stayed in. That's what people think about Metallica all the time. They're like, oh, you know, when the Metallica anth- uh, anthology comes out, you know. How? On 22 what? VHSs. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's only on VHS. <laughs> it's not released on any other format. No, definitely not streaming. Yeah, and they it opens their next cut. tour. Yeah. <laughs> How did you originally get, like, who brought you into Metallica? My dad's friend, Joe. Classic. Um, Classic dad's friend name. Yeah, (laughs) Joe. Yeah. (laughs) Best guy in the world. Absolute best guy in the world. My dad um, finished college late in his life. So he was kind of friends with, like, some younger people. Mm. And they would come over to the house while I'm, like, organizing my Batman 1989 trading cards into like its binder and order and uh, he's the one that kind of got me into metal because he just dropped off a gigantic um, bag of cassettes and in that cassette in that cassette bag uh, was a single for Metallica 1 Love a Kasingle. What a good word. Love a Kasingle, man. I, I miss Kasingles mm. so much. I don't have a tape deck. I would still buy Kasingles if I could. <laughs> Hated um, when they came in the um, only in the cardboard sleeve, though, because that oh, would get destroyed in one minute. Oh, oh, gone. But it was very admirable to see ones that kind of made it. Mm-hmm. Like, this one was still in the cardboard sleeve, Yeah. but it had been worn. Like, Joe listened to this in his truck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... I would listen to one. He like gave me like a Scorpions cassette, I think, maybe like a Skid Row tape. And um, Skid Row and BB Mac, <laughs> two <laughs> band names, was not expected to hear today. <laughs> um, yeah, well, they did that tour together, so we, we should <laughs> yeah. probably talk about that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where I started really getting into all of this, and then I would buy or tape. You would tape albums from other friends who had that the albums the original the original the the Maxell cassette tape 
And uh, yeah, that that's kind of where I got into it because my my parents certainly weren't listening to this. They were listening to Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah. They were listening to that uh, James Taylor album, New Moonshine, <laughs> like over and over. Like I knew it was Saturday if I hear down on Copper Line coming from the uh, from the living room. I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. I should probably wake up now. Oh, no school today. Yeah, no school today. <laughs> copper fish and copper feet, whatever the lines are. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was it was very joyful. Uh, James Taylor record, and my my parents played it a lot. Um, but yeah, this man. But but sad but true. This song. My band. Which originally was titled Disgruntled Postal Worker. Oh boy, topical. Because of the... (laughs) We were way ahead of our time, (laughs) really. Uh, Because we would practice in like this garage building behind my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And every time we practiced, like the local mail carrier would park at the end of the alley and just like eat his lunch and listen to us. Oh wow. I don't know if it was him like, these kids have got it. These kids are going to go far. (laughs) Or he was just sitting there eating his lunch like, these fuckers are terrible. <laughs> They're ruining my lunch. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to snap it any moment. And it's going to be on these kids. Um, and we were playing song. We would play songs like Sad But True. We would just learn that one riff. And we wouldn't really play the rest of the song. <laughs> we would sure. just play that one riff for maybe 20 minutes in a row. Just like, we got it. We got yeah. it. We're Metallica now. <laughs> and we would do other songs like that. And, uh, yeah. I remember um, there were two other guys in the band. One guy played keyboards and one guy, another guitarist. And we had our core four. And these other two were, like, there. And I remember <laughs> one practice where, like, we were just, like, we were so happy we had played that one riff from Sad But True over so many times like we nailed it that and we also would play like tie your mother down by queen which is very similar and like it's just a riff that you play over and over and we were like we got to kick these other two guys out of the band they're not taking this seriously (laughs) they want to learn a full song they they want me to sing (laughs) what are you talking about uh, so they got they were out of the band pretty quickly and we (laughs) continued on um Jason, what I apologize. This? Did you say what you played? I played guitar and sang. Okay. Yeah, I was the lead singer. Um, and I played with this band for a very long time. Um, we continued on. We were probably... We shortened it to DPW. A real then, Stone Temple, Temple Pilots situation. That's what it's like. Well, you know, our, our friends in STP are doing this. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah our, we were like, well, our friends at Kentucky Fried Chicken are doing this. So, uh, yeah, we shortened it. And we played until, like, 2000. Wow. That's a good run. Only the Sad But True riff, though. That's all we were <laughs> no, We kept it going. We were like a power pop band. Um, like, you know, Weezer, Cheap Trick, that type of Fun. Um, genre. Super Drag, another band that was really big for us. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to them. No, I don't think uh, I know that one. Power pop band from Tennessee. Highly recommended. Their album, Head Trip in Every Key, is one of my favorites. Um, oh, man, this is... I have to. I find myself stopping talking just to be like, you! This rules. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, what? with... 
so that is interesting though. Like, if you you got into obviously you said you got into grunge and stuff. Is Metallica a something you go back to? And like, did you keep listening to other metal, or you started to get into other genres after you got into grunge? I kind of left metal. Hmm. Um. Because at this time I was also listening to like Megadeth and Anthrax. Yeah. And um, of course Guns N' Roses and all yep. all those uh, bands. I was also like listening to all, you know, like Def Leppard. Not Me- Leopard's not really metal, but I, you know, that's what I was listening to. Yeah. Um, and I kind of once Nirvana came, and it's very funny. Uh, I'm reading a book right now called Nothing But a Good Time, which is about the uh, hair metal explosion. Mm. Cool. Highly recommended. If you if you don't have to know anything about that genre to enjoy these dudes that are just like, yeah, we were high on the hog, man, and like all these stories. But then the moment Nirvana comes around, everyone's like, oh shit, we lost it all. Oh. Yeah. Uh, because not, Nirvana effectively destroyed that type of music. Yeah. It was well, just su- such a shift. What is it that destroyed it? Like it became poppier, or it was, like at the, like 1990, you would turn on the TV and you would see like Unskinny Bop by Poison, or like a Bon Jovi video, and you would be like, yeah, or even a solo Bon Jovi video, like him doing Blaze of Glory, and and then as soon as Nirvana came in, it just ended. It like people were like, this is what I'm into now. I see. Like, I don't need any of this, like, hair spray or neon colors or any of that. This, like, Nirvana just completely shifted the tone. Well, I think, too, part of it, I mean, I was a child then, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like part of it, too, was, like, a reaction, like, to the commercialization of music. And it was, like, it was very much, like... This is also just because I am, like, a nerd about music history stuff, so I do kind of know some of this. It's, like... Yeah. Yeah. Nirvana and Pearl Jam and grunge it's similar it's a similar trajectory to when people got into punk music of just like it was like anti-capitalist almost like going against the commercialization of like these bands that were very polished very commercial like had tons of money and like marketing behind them and stuff like that and so it was kind of just like we're done with that and I'm Hmm. sure uh, again, I don't remember exactly the political climate of then, but I'm sure it also tied into like the the p- politics of the early '90s. As oh, one thousand percent, because Bush was president when this was happening. Like Clinton yeah. hadn't happened yet. Like I yep. remember the buildup to to Clinton, you know, being elected, and like all the music that came around that is like things were definitely changing. Yeah. Um, like the the Reagan years were over. Um, and yeah, and that sort of attitude really came across in a lot of the grunge music well i i hate labeling them all as grunge because it's because so many different sounds came out of yeah that. But absolutely like that that period of, of of rock and roll just changed and they were tired of like you know poison just look at a band like poison yeah you know they're like dancing on stage the unskinny bop video has brett michaels dancing with like two hologram women and oh, like tiny in tiny bikinis doing the same like coordinated dance moves as him. Highly recommend watching it. It's awful. When you say uh, just given the era when you say hologram, I'm picturing like a Star Wars Princess Leia. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was more like a uh just like somebody drew it on. Oh. It was a drawing. It's not even a hologram. Like they took the like whatever Brett Michaels is dancing, they're going to draw two women Got doing the same it. thing. Um, but I remember that coming out, and everyone was like, "Wow, technology's really gone far with this poison unskinny bot <laughs> video." And uh, 
yeah, it just shifted, man. It just shifted. And I remember just like, I got even more into music after all of that because you were hunting down, like, you got to get that cut. Co- you got to get a copy of Nirvana Bleach. Yeah. You got to get all the bootlegs that are out. And then, like, I was started getting really into REM. Mm. And um, Queen r- remained a constant for me, but I was also getting really into Pearl Jam and really into like Screaming Trees and Soul Asylum and all of those bands and uh, yeah it was a good time it was a and, and and all of this while I was just moving away from heavy metal now I did kind of try to keep my toe in the Metallica pool hmm. <laughs> whatever pool that would what it would look whatever the it would snake look pit. like you kept your toe the in the snake, snake pit, pit. It's I, the snake I pit. kept my snow my my toe in the snake pit yeah <laughs> and i i did buy like load when it came out and reload when it came out those were two and those like those were the albums where it was such a big thing where metallica had cut their hair short oh right they oh. had no long hair anymore right was like, i remember this fuck? and so <laughs> many metal purists were like fuck talica i still got my hair <laughs> Um, real quickly though, we're listening to the Unforgiven. I, gonna, I know this one. Too. I was gonna say yeah. I've heard this one for sure. Do you remember the the uh, video for this one? Uh, I, I not... don't think I've ever seen it. Okay, so it's a child who's putting like this more children who's put in this like prison, and he's trying to get out of this prison, and he eventually he's an old man. Oh boy. And he comes out with, like, really saggy skin and everything. It's a very frightening thing. So Metallica, of course, made The Unforgiven 2. And then Metallica, of course, made The Unforgiven 3. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I still am holding out hope for The Unforgiven 4. (laughs) And all Uh, of the songs are, like, very thematically the same. Um, I can't think of another band that really did that. Like, just sequel songs on different records. Yeah, just, just, that's very specific. Just, let's twist yeah. again is the only thing I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like uh, uh, Bobby Boris Pickett doing Monster Mash, <laughs> and then he did like, I think the next song was Monster Dance or Monster Swim. Monster Swim, yep. Monster Swim, which was just like, Bobby, what are you doing? Monster's <laughs> like, Holiday, I believe, is the Christmas one. <laughs> so Metallica, what we're trying to say here is Metallica were big Bobby Boris Pickett fans. 100%. They're both and spooky. Lars, yeah. They're all spooky. These are <laughs> these are basically Halloween songs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just one thing about the video I, I need to clarify. Yeah, when the kid comes out or as an old man, right. is it the kid in prosthesis with saggy skin on him, or is it an old man? <laughs> that would have been better. That would have was an okay. old man actor. Okay, they didn't. They, Lars wasn't like, we got to put some saggy skin on that kid. <laughs> we need to make sure that oh everybody God. recognizes the kid. <laughs> That kid's got to be an old man. <laughs> oh, wait a second, guys. I got to go serve some guy named Ronald. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this video was huge on MTV at the time. Uh, it would it would play... Man, all those Metallica tracks. Like, Metallica is a band that, like, really survived that whole, like, against the metal sounds of the uh like the the true metal bands the hair metal bands got completely just shot down the true metal bands like anthrax survived it like they did that song with public enemy yeah um which was great and uh you know they they said metallica survived it well same with guns and roses they just continued on and got uh you know bigger and imploded you know yeah but. Though I feel like I feel like it, 
the visuals of it make sense to me with someone like Mattel because they weren't doing the whole hair metal like shiny glam thing. Right. I feel like it it actually I feel like Guns N' Roses actually surprises me that they lasted through it, but somehow they did. <laughs> they ch- they kind of changed the look and, totally. and they were always they were never like Axel like early on would, would have like the big hair. Yeah. Like in the uh it's so easy video. He's got like the big hair. And then the, like you s- The picture I have of him in my head is long straight hair bandana yes that's that's the picture i have of him in my brain and i think because of that shift they survived it Hmm. makes sense also they were better than all of those bands fair enough they could play circles (laughs) around right and they wrote great songs like i remember watching the uh the don't cry video do you remember that video for guns and roses no where it's basically just them on top of probably the building that they use for nakatomi plaza and die hard hmm. they're on like one of those uh helipads mm-hmm. just in the helicopters going around and they're just singing it like out there and that's the whole fucking video that's all you need i mean six. what, else, what, what else, else did you need what else did you need um this song uh this is uh wherever i may roam correct yes uh yes this was like a road video which was such a staple of those rock bands back in the day. I wanted a damn video <laughs> that showed me what the experience of being on the road was like. Yeah. Is it an intercut with live footage? Is that how that's Oh, works? yeah, live footage, but like footage of the line outside where people are just mm. like, ah, Metallica. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then like. And them writing in a notebook on a bus going down <laughs> the road. <laughs> the absolute best. <laughs> Oh, God, I wish bands would do more of those videos right now. They probably do. Like, One Direction probably did, like, five of those videos. Yeah, One Direction probably did, but also, most bands are too small now. I don't want to see the inside Mm. of their shitty van. (laughs) Yeah, no. I I will say if a band did a shot-for-shot remake of one of those Oh, my God. That would be be so good. Oh, just the absolute best. You get to see, like, an arena in Dayton. And then you get to see one in like Myrtle Beach, and they they would always show like the the Civic Center sign, like the van driving by, like yeah, it was welcome oh. Metallica. My friend Sandy uh, was actually in, uh, I think the song was called "Ride the Wind." It was a Poison song, okay, and she was in one of those road videos. Oh, she wow. was like backstage, like hanging out on a road case. Yeah. Um, was "Ride the Wind" after "Ride the Lightning"? Yes, it was. Hmm. It probably riding the it, wind sounds safer. That's true. <laughs> it's probably you can probably survive it a little bit more yeah. than the lightning. Um, <laughs> but man, the road video. Oh, give me nothing but those. I do. I yeah. I, I do like that as a genre of video. I do think recreating it is a great idea. We should sell to some indie band for seven cents because they like it. money. Yeah. Like, you get to see them eating backstage and, like, who's yeah. visiting them. Like, Ricky Rockman <laughs> from Headbangers Ball would be yeah. back there, like, eating a burrito. Oh, that does remind me when you were talking about MTV News Anchors. I one time saw Kurt Loder at the airport, and I nearly lost my entire damn mind. It was very <laughs> exciting for me. Oh. I, yeah. I would lose it if I ever met Kurt Loder. I don't know what I, I would was- do. It made sense. It was at South by Southwest, so like it was oh. logical that he would be there. But I was just yeah. like, "This is the best day of my life." And then I saw Justin Long two seconds later, and I was like, "Don't care, <laughs> get out of here." Just, you went up to Justin Long, and you're like, "Did you see Kurt Loder?" <laughs> Did you see that guy? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Kurt Loder. MTV News back when it gave the news, man. I remember. I first off, I remember like the first time that Kurt Cobain tried to kill himself in. 
Rome. I think the overdose in Rome. And I hadn't heard about it on the news yet. And my dad came in. And he was like, "Oh yeah, that uh, guy from that band you like tried to kill himself today." And he was like, "I'm like what?" I remember I was I was drying dishes. He was like that Kurt guy, you know, the druggie that you like his song. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, Dad. And then he goes back in there and plays like a gentle James Taylor record <laughs> after dropping that bomb on me. He's trying to copper sue feed you, maybe. And copper sink. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I remember coming home from school and turning on MTV News, and Kurt Loder was like, I. It was just like perfect timing in terms of me turning on the TV at the exact moment that the. MTV News broadcast about uh, Kurt Cobain's suicide wow. uh, came is, on, and, and that I, hit me hard, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry to undercut that, but I have to ask this question now. Yeah. Um, I didn't get MTV until much later, and I don't think the news part was that prominent. Um, sure. did, did they ever do, like, live break-ins of news? This was a break-in. Okay. Yeah. This was a break-in. Like, they were probably playing... It probably like broke right into Yo MTV Raps or something, or maybe like the Grind. It's hard to say what show it. it but this was back when like MTV's MTV's programming was music. It was v- videos. It was news. It was news about videos. <laughs> it was like Headbangers Ball ruled every Saturday night. Sunday night on, you get. What's on MTV now? Oh. Nothing but ridiculous. Only ridiculousness. I was just going to say it's only ridiculousness. Never mind. I knew the answer. Okay. It's shocking to me that you have such a cool, a cool state. Like you could be playing nothing but like classic clips of MTV, and you get more viewers than you get with ridiculousness. Well, my dad watches it pretty often, so it's it's basically just my father watching ridiculousness. Well, you got to tell him to get Pluto TV, and on Pluto TV there is a fail army channel. When it's nothing but fails, there you go. 24-7, and he doesn't like, have to watch Ridiculousness. But I feel like my dad might like Re- Rob Deerdark at this point. <laughs> They're Probably basically the same age, I think, right? Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's not a young man. He's not a young man, but... Uh, that's so funny. Yeah, but, it's, it's but sad But probably wouldn't have watched Jackass with me back in the day, mm, so judged. Right. That's Come weird. On. Yeah, because Jackass was probably better. I don't know. Ridiculousness is really good. It's high quality television. Oh, it's it's the best. Like every episode, you're like, didn't I already see this one? Just someone. I don't think I've ever seen a new episode of Ridiculousness. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's like in Practical Jokers. There's just so many episodes, but in Practical Jokers, I will never talk shit about because it's fantastic. It has raised my spirits so many times. I've never (laughs) seen it. Oh my god, it's the absolute. Just turn on. True TV right now, and that's all they're playing. Well, I think part of the problem is um, I don't think I would like it, which is not a a hit on the show. I don't like people having jokes played on them. (laughs) It gives Hmm. me anxiety. (laughs) It's done in a very nice way. Like they they like they're like haha. Like the the, they they definitely like make up with the person. Yeah, you know. And it's a lot of like make up. It's it's more about like friends goofing on friends than it is like. That's more goofing fun. on strangers. Okay. It's, pure, it's pure goofing. Yep. This is why I can't watch Nathan for you. It stresses me out too much. That I can. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's yeah. I, I, like I, it, it gives me too much stress. <laughs> yeah, I can see where like you could take Nathan for you as being a little meaner toned yeah. in terms of like what happens. Um, yeah, Impractical Jokers is nothing like that. Okay. I love All that right. we're talking 
Impractical <laughs> Jokers while Metallica, Metallica blares in the background. This is, the this show. is like it's like I'm in a dream. This is like the type of thing that I, I've dreamt about all these years. Oh my god. What is this track? I don't have any idea. I've never heard this one before in my life. Uh, this one is Don't Tread on Me. Like the snake. Just like mm-hmm. the snake. They're like, guys, we bought the snake for a reason. <laughs> we gotta write a song about it. <laughs> I love now, the Revolutionary uh, War, says Lars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have yeah, you guys seen Danish this man, A Danish man who's <laughs> yeah, like... not American. You know, the Revolutionary War is really great. <laughs> Have you heard of this? I gotta go serve this guy Ronald some papers. (laughs) Um, Now, some history about Metallica Metallica. This was their first time working with Bob Rock, who was like. (laughs) Bob Ross uh, was the producer on this record. Uh, No, but Bob Rock was like a. uh, He had had produced like Motley Crue. I think he did. Is that his legal name? Bob can't Rock. Be. It can't be. I think it's. No. I think it's. I think he came from the Rock family. <laughs> I. That is his brother I mean, Dwayne. Either, yeah. Either that is your name, and you're like, my career is laid out for me. I know what I have to do now. Right. Or that is not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> no, his name. His real name is Robert. Robert Jens Rock. Rock. Wow. He's Robert Rock. That is some nominative determinativeness. And he is Canadian. Oh. All right. So maybe that explains it. Um, but he had produced a bunch of different albums. Um, and then, you know, Met- Metallica kind of came into his life. And he was more of like, you know, their albums before this was very just like, go in, record. Nothing meticulous. Just go in and metal that shit up. <laughs> well, With I Bob did Rock. Have a- I, sorry, go ahead. I have a question about the sound as well. <laughs> well, with Bob Rock, he was like, "We're going to work on the drum sound for six months. We're going to we meddle with on. it before we y- meddle with it." Yes. <laughs> like, there's like, I highly recommend if you can find a copy. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Watch a year and a half in the life of Metallica, because it's these guys that are just like they've never recorded an album like this before. <laughs> They're yeah. breaking down while doing it, like. Any amount of playing basketball to like spend to, to pass the time is not going to help the mental anguish that they're going through. Wow, making this record, um, but like sonically, it's a it's a fucking great sounding album. How do they know to record themselves when traumatic things are happening? How do because they, <laughs> they also they have this, some kind of monster as well, right? I know, I know. Some now some kind of monster is based on the I think the Saint Anger. Mm. recording sessions also with bob rock oh. oh so they just knew they're like this guy's gonna <laughs> fucking put us through it <laughs> yeah bob, well they he he did every album up until I, I think saint anger yeah so he did load reload um the 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 garage album that they did of like covers uh snm well, they did an album with an orchestra um and then uh, Saint Anger. Saint Anger was interesting because the drum sound sounds awful. It's the worst drum sound in the world. It's just <laughs> like pans. It's like <laughs> it's awful. And no guitar solos. They have one of the greatest guitarists in history. I was just talking to some friends about this the other day. I do this really dumb um, Twitter account called uh, Good Rock Facts. Oh, I love that Twitter account. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I do that with uh, Jeff Garlock and Alex Gradellis. And like when we're not coming up with tweets and jokes, we're to- constantly talking rock. 
and we all come from like different backgrounds of loving. Like Squirtellus and I are more like I'm I'm like probably right in the middle of those two guys because Squirtellus yeah. loves the Neil Young, the Pearl Jam. Um, Garlock loves the metal and Genesis. Like that's where we all kind of bond on that stuff. And I just Genesis? The, love Genesis. Same. Absolutely love Genesis. Like when those uh, they just announced tour dates. Oh. Oh. And because uh, they're playing, they're playing like East Coast, uh, like Chicago stuff like that. And Garlock and Scordellis live in Los Angeles, and no LA dates. So we were all pretty pissed off about that. And then um, I was like, just out of the blue, I'm like, because I was listening, I've been listening to a lot of Metallica lately for whatever reason, I don't know, to prep for this. I would, any any normal person would be like, oh, it's just to prep for this. (laughs) But no, it's not. I have been listening to it for months. (laughs) And um, to be fair, we did delay this episode quite a bit. So it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. It was like I found myself listening to albums I never even listened to before, like Hmm. Death Magnetic and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, watching like videos. They were putting out live concert videos like every week throughout the pandemic of like, here's a show from Budapest. And I'm like, I'll watch this whole show. And uh, I just texted Jeff and Alex, and I was like, Kirk Hammett is one of the greatest guitarists of all time. And he is. Yeah. He's so good. He's all over the place. He's wonderful. Dude loves monsters. He has, like, a great monster movie collection. Oh. Just, like, one of the best dudes around. One of the best guitarists. But St. Anger, he wasn't allowed to solo. Why? What, what is the motivation there? No idea. That's strange. No clue. Um, but these I songs are too long. I, it's the only thing I can think of. These songs are very long. <laughs> like when at the beginning of this podcast, when you were like, "We're going to listen to the whole thing," I'm like, "Do you really want to do that?" <laughs> I'm like, "I know I do." <laughs> sometimes I don't know if you guys do. <laughs> sometimes I bring albums and don't even want to listen to the whole thing. So we have skip tracks. Yes, we have. We have sometimes. Yeah. yeah, we have skipped. It's rare. Not often. Yeah. I you- the only one I can remember really skipping on was corn <laughs> that was the one i remember <laughs> okay yeah i would i would skip through that yeah I, in a but, heartbeat but yeah. i loved corn in eighth grade <laughs> you did okay yes wow see i was never a corn fan but it was funny because when you were talking about your trajectory of like loving metal and then like kind of leaving it behind and getting into like grunge that's kind of my trajectory with new metal and then punk it's like I was like 13 years old listening yeah. to Corn and yeah. fucking Limp Biscuit and Stained and like what have you. Saw oh, yeah. Rob Zombie and Corn at a, a at a hockey arena, etc. Oh, the best. And then I and then I like heard Dashboard and I was like, gotta go. <laughs> like, like, I'll see you later, Rob. I, and then I got into like pop punk and emo and have yeah. just stayed on that train. Like, and, yeah. yeah. I just want to point out that. You were listening to metal at college football. You were listening to new metal at, at hockey. hockey. <laughs> it's just it's you got to get more into sports, Ramsey. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. That's the net net. If you want to, the one thing I was oh, going to hold on, guys, hold on. Oh, oh. The father and daughter dance is <laughs> oh. now taking place. <laughs> but listen, I don't know if I know this one, maybe I do. I bet you will once the lyrics kick in. Okay. I think it's a waltz. I think it's in 3-3. Three, 3-4. Three, three, yes. Yeah, it's a waltz. Oh. No matter yeah, how I know this far. song. 
Well, also, Could the other thing, this album had so many singles. I clicked through earlier. Oh, yeah. This album was just a single machine. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. Where'd it go? You um, had uh, five singles. singles. Five singles. Wow. Let me see if I, let me see if I can name them. Please. And I think only yeah. seven tracks on this album. <laughs> Based on like... There's 40 tracks on the record. <laughs> five singles. Okay, so you had Enter Sandman. Which was the first single, also. First single. Then the second single is probably Sad But True. Nope. Wherever I May Roam. Nope. Nothing else matters. No. <laughs> really? Unforgiven was the second. Unforgiven was the second single. Wow. Okay, so but those were the five singles, though, correct? Yeah, you got them all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, the order was Enter Sandman, Unforgiving, Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters, Wherever I May Roam, and then Sad But True. And then wow, I Sad But True was ninety three was when it was released as a single, Holy which moly. seems crazy. That is insane. That's a long shelf life. This came yeah, out like August twelfth, nineteen ninety one. I wrote down. The yeah. first single was released July 29th, ninth, nineteen ninety one. The fifth was February eighth, nineteen ninety three. Wow, that's crazy. That's a really long album cycle. And they toured it for that long too. So There's no doubt. You know, there was a good uh, what when Load came out in ninety six. I want to say Let's Metallica see. Load came out in ninety six. Yep, ninety six. So there was a five year period hmm. between records there. Yeah, they probably had to They had been rest. doing like every two years. They had to fucking sleep. Yeah. yeah. And serve papers to Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, Rust yeah. is never sleeping, right? Is that Metallica? <laughs> no, that that's Neil Young. Uh, what? That, that, what happened in my brain there? <laughs> I Rust don't know. never sleeps is Neil Young. I think it was just it's, in my Jason folder. <laughs> I think that's it. Like, yep. you're really touching on everything here. Let's, let's talk about Queen for a little bit and uh, I'll be good. Um, yeah, man. Oh. oh Roanoke the, Civic Center. Lighters are up. I was up. going to ask, with this album, because I know they... So, did their sound change? And, I mean, it sounds like the recording style did um, mm-hmm. after Cliff Burton died. Because I know the first album we listened to was with him, but this yes. one is not. Oh. Yeah. That's a good, very, very good observation on this. I would say, yes, it did. <laughs> uh, Cliff... Cliff really brought a lot. Man, Cliff Burton as a bassist was just, as a musician, to like look up to people. And you're like, yeah. fuck. Cliff Cliff Burton was, and he was more into like classic rock. He was never mm. like totally into metal, so he was bringing that sort of like playing style to metal. And uh, yeah, when he died, man, yeah, it definitely shifted. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know what. And Justice for All and Metallica Metallica would have sounded like with Cliff. Yeah. I think he was more of a a, a, a force in the band than Jason Newstead. When Jason Newstead in, great bassist, but he's the new guy. He's scared yeah. shitless. Yeah. He's not really going to bring... Especially, I'm sure, on the first two albums he's doing Yeah. Them. Yeah, he's not going to be bringing anything like, guys, I think we should be doing it like this. <laughs> sure. Um, where I think Cliff would have. Sure. And he would have shifted a different way. Now, we probably still would have gone the same direction. Because um, I think, like, with the type of stuff that he enjoyed, of just my knowledge from Cliff, um, one one year, Easter, I'll send you guys the picture. <laughs> uh, I got my Easter basket mm-hmm. from Mom, and it had uh, a VHS copy of Cliff Amal, <laughs> which was like their road trip vhs like tribute to cliff and a copy of master of puppets and a chocolate bunny (laughs) so there's the picture of me is like really short blue shorts 
my And Justice for All t-shirt, Chocolate Bunny, Cliff Amal, and a long CD, a long box oh, of wow, yeah. Master of Puppets, and just the biggest shit-eating grin, <laughs> grin on my face, just like... Is it still the McCartney hair? You know what? It wasn't the McCartney hair so much. It was a little bowl cut at that point in time. <laughs> Even better. Still yep. iconic. Yeah, I think I had shifted, like, the the mullet went away to a bowl cut and then came back to a mullet later on. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, that's really, yeah. I've, I've never even thought of it like that. Like, I do think the sound did shift quite a bit because of uh, Cliff Burton. I think I want to join Metallica now, so just so I can call myself a Metallica disruptor and <laughs> force them to change their sound. <laughs> Guys, we need to be doing it like this. Plays wings. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we're going to cover Jet yep. by Paul McCartney and Wings. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Bob Rock's Wikipedia. He has, he's all all over the map, this guy. A lot of Metallica and then Michael Buble. That doesn't oh, yeah. rock. Uh, Nelly Furtado. Yeah, um, that kind of rocks. 311, Bush, Offspring. It's just like, and then Sarah McLaughlin. She just also really all over the place. I love it. He also produced uh, Veruca Salt's uh, yeah, Eight Arms to that. Hold You, which yeah. is a, that has Volcano Girls on it, which is just such a good fucking record. So and you can hear it though. You can hear it like if you listen to American Thighs by Veruca Salt, which is a great record, and then hear Eight Arms to Hold You, it's very much the same trajectory and sound from uh, And Justice for All to Metallica Metallica <laughs> because that Bob Rock sound, it has a particular sound to it. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's Bob Rock. <laughs> I, I raise my glass to you, my friend. Bob Rock. I, Robert, I didn't know about you today, and now I think your name's incredible. Robert Rock. <laughs> Robert and he lives Rock. in Hawaii now. Like, he makes wow. all of the bands come to Hawaii to record with him. He I doesn't, mean, like, go. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm Bob Rock. I fucking live in Hawaii. You got to come here. <laughs> I spent my early years in Canada. I can't do that again. <laughs> it's like, I never want to feel cool again. <laughs> so we've got the Beatles, the Beatles, uh-huh. which is white. We've got Metallica, Metallica, which is black. We've got Dennis Miller's The Off-White album. Uh-huh. We've got Weezer Blue, All of Weezer Weezer's Green, catalog. Weezer Red. Yeah. The Clash, The Clash, which was uh, green and white. Okay. Is that it? Of, of self-titled color album? Yeah. I don't think The Clash really works with that. That's a, that's a cover. And Weezer, I don't know if that counts either. I don't think it counts because you got Spinal Tap, Spinal This is Spinal Oh, yeah. Tap. Yep, yep, yep. Um, oh, Jay-Z had a black album. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes, he did. He did. I'm surprised Metallica didn't sue him. <laughs> yeah, right? Honestly. They might have, but he was probably like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that like a retirement album, too, at some point? I don't remember. I love retirement albums. I love <laughs> it when all of these artists are like, this is it. I'm saying, like, Ozzy Osbourne has said goodbye at least 28 times. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's done the No More Tours tour. Like, yep. he's in the 19th wing of it. I saw Elton John's five-year farewell tour that I think will <laughs> continue after <laughs> the pandemic. It's coming back. Yep. It's coming back. I saw that Goodbye Yellow Brick yep. Road tour two years ago. Yeah. My God. He wanted to spend more time with his kids, and then, uh, he, you got it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he, he brought on yep. the pandemic. It's a um, monkey's paw situation, though. The, the greatest thing about that Elton John show, and I can't think of the guy's name, 
and I hate that I can't think of his name, but his percussionist. Yep, I knew that's who you were talking about. Just going wild, just just like like he's drumming for Metallica, and he like he's. Oh. And he looks like that kid in the Unforgiven video after he's out of prison. <laughs> he does. He's, he's a he super old the, dude. He played the old man mm-hmm. in Unforgiven 1 and 2. But he was going for it. Like, more than the SNL percussionist lady. Yes. Who does Who does go for it? Yep. He truly does go for it. Um. Yeah, uh, wow. What a tour. I, I'm going to spoil it for our listeners. At the end of that tour, or at the end of that show... Elton John sits on a like the type of thing an old person would use to get up the stairs. Oh, he stands on one of those. Yes, and then ascends up the yellow brick road. See, and I the- didn't see that. We had left because oh. we were like, we need to get out of here and actually get a lift before we're fighting all these well, drunken Elton John enough. fans. <laughs> so I didn't see him take the stair lift. Yep, to heaven. he takes a stair lift to heaven. Um, speaking of Great. drunken Elton John fans, uh, the man sitting next to us. Uh, turned to my wife and I and just said, you guys are the cutest couple. <laughs> and we were just sitting next to each other. We were, like, we're like cuddling. We anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then but, his chair just started to lift up into the rafters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like the leftovers. I just I just picture that, like, Elton John on that stair lift being like, I'm never coming back to this fucking city again. <laughs> and then, like, gets up to the top. I'm sorry, I'm hung up on Ramsey calling the rapture the television show The Leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my frame of reference. Well, I don't want to get sued by Metallica for referencing the Bible. You can't. Yeah. It's theirs. Nope. I don't yeah, it's, uh, you know, like that famous show The Leftovers where there's a rapture. <laughs> yeah. There's a King James Bible, but there's also the King James Hetfield Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Vatican II they switched over to that. Oh, God. <laughs> Vatican Two. <laughs> yeah, they're on Vatican Four now, I believe. <laughs> they are, they with, are uh, yeah. with the Garage Band. These sequels, man, they yep. love it. They yep. love these sequels. What song is this? What is this one in the background? This one is "The God That Failed," and this just sounds like a chugga chugga metal song to me. <laughs> yeah, this was like they probably had to sit down with Bob Rock, and they're like, "Listen, Bob, give us one." <laughs> We're gonna need at least two chugga chuggas. Yeah, yeah. What on this record? What fits into that genre with with this song, Heather? It's a guitar sound. I mean, literally every Metallica song yeah. is a chugga chugga song. <laughs> well, is and it's not doing the sound right now, but it was I when think I, I can, said it. Once you said it's a guitar sound, I, I think I can pull it up. It's it's like. It's just, it's the palm muting of the guitar that yeah. really. Oh man, this sounds just like my uh, my bedroom in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I so we lived on 8th Street in Radford, Virginia. And we lived uh, next to a family called the, uh, named the Delps. Uh, very nice family. Um, they had like two older sons that I would like talk to and hang out with from time to time. Um, like I remember when I bought my copies of Nevermind and Bad Motorfinger, I didn't have a CD player yet. That was coming for Christmas. Oh, so I had to go next door and talk and hang out with my fr- uh, neighbor Sean, who had a CD player in his car that he would typically use to like listen to uh, like Boys to Men or CNC Music Factory. Uh, but we listened to um, we listened to uh, Nirvana and Soundgarden in his car, like one of those yep. like. 
those classic 90s car sound systems in the south where it's the, the bass is just like right so that was the the sound overarching sound for the entire thing <laughs> um at that point in time in my life i was known as slaw dog that was my nickname okay. in middle school high school and i would always be listening to music in my bedroom with windows open and there was a friend of the Delps named Mike who would always just like drunkenly stumble over to my window <laughs> at like 3 a.m. And then at that point in time, I wouldn't be listening to anything. I was fucking sleeping. Sure, yeah. But yeah. he would just, I would hear like tap, tap, tap. And he'd be like, nice slow dog. Nice slow. Play some black crows. <laughs> and then I'd have to get up and like put on remedy or something in the, or, or, or something like that he'd come over he's like hey hey slow dog play red hot chili peppers uh, this was the perfect practice for prisoners calling you <laughs> yeah. it really was Mike was my first prisoner <laughs> I was meant to work in radio and have yep. these guys call in and you know yeah uh, and I would just get up like alright Mike whatever and then I would wow. just like play some play like under the bridge or something would you play it kind of softly as to not wake your family up or oh, yeah i would take these i would take you know the speakers would come yeah. off your cd player with like very long cables <laughs> and i would put <laughs> it in the window absurdly and i'm certainly like, long yeah yeah abs- like the, the, there's no reason for them to be that long no i could take it downstairs probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> and still have my unit upstairs yeah um and i would just like blast it and then go back to sleep oh <laughs> And he would just be there, like, drinking, like, whatever, like, those, probably, like, he probably just, like, Schlitz or something, <laughs> right. just, like, stumbling at my window. Um, what this, this time period also makes me really think of, uh, Columbia House and BMG oh, CD yeah, clubs. absolutely. And just gaming the system. Yeah. Yep. Was my favorite sport. Oh, <laughs> it was I the, the best sport. If they still existed, they would have to sponsor our show. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about it so much. <laughs> but I would get so many, like, I remember, like, that one Columbia House shipment that came in that had blood sugar sex magic in it. And I just, oh, you open the, the cardboard box, and you're just like, <gasps> you, like, take all of those CDs out, and you just stare at them all. Um, and then I would learn to, like, game the system to, like, complete artist catalogs. Oh, absolutely. Like, I did that with Elvis Costello and wow. BMG. I probably signed up, like, four times to get all of his records. That's a lot BMG. of records. Yeah. For, and it was probably that... $40. <laughs> really? Oh, oh. God. Sorry, I had, I had a massive delay. Had to um, catch up. Yeah, I'm catching up. <laughs> you, you were also really, you were really transfixed by that uh, Jason Newstead bass line right there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> that really like held you. Yeah, you're like. Oh, the other thing I was going to say about Columbia House, I have many things to say, was like the fact that you picked the albums with stickers really honed in on the children's demographic. Oh, yeah. Like sticking them on to choose your, oh the best so Sorry, oh, it was the thing. absolute you best. would like put the stamp of the one you want i didn't do yeah. this it would yeah like it would be a sheet of stickers of album covers wow and yeah. you would rip the album cover off you want lick it and stick it on your order form oh that's fun yeah did fun you guys <laughs> where, where did you guys grow up upstate new york upstate new york same here same here did you guys have a, a record store called the wall yeah in any malls around you yeah i did not but i i'm familiar with it 
Oh, the wall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember you, if it was the Johnson City, the Oakdale Mall in Johnson City, or the Pyramid Mall in Ithaca, but we had it in one of those stores. Oh, the wall would have the lifetime guarantee sticker that oh would go God. on every album on the jewel case of the record. Yeah. So if you broke another record that you never bought at the wall, you could easily just swap out the, the <laughs> innards, take it back and be like, well, this one broke, and they'd have to give you a brand new copy. Because they have no idea if you actually purchase that copy of, yeah. you know, the third extreme record <laughs> oh at uh, the wall. Wow. And I, I really, truly believe that's why they went out of business. <laughs> but I love that sticker. I miss that sticker. Um, I miss I miss going into, like, mall record stores like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there was something nice about, like, you. Browsing. they were always. Yeah. Yeah, they, but they were always so overpriced. Yep. And they'd have, like, the listening stations, which I would never do now, post-COVID. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I don't want to touch anyone else's headphones. Oh, fuck yeah. no. Never. Um, but, man, I would. I just loved going in there and, like, looking at the $23 copy of, you know, In Utero. I remember uh, so. discovering that uh, it was a cover of Saturday Morning Cartoon theme songs. That, like, the Ramones did the Spider-Man theme song on it. That, that Saturday morning yep. CD. And oh, I, that was such a good record, man. That, like, was, that uh, was a listening station one for me. Oh, uh, the Liz Fair uh, material oh, issue, yes. Tra La La La. Yep. The uh, song Banana Splits. Was great. Yep. Yeah. I think Matthew Sweet did one on that. What did he do? He did like. Oh, that was a great yeah. record, man. Oh, it was called Saturday Morning. I think Saturday um, Morning's Greatest Hits, maybe? Yeah, Saturday Morning's Greatest Hits. We should do that on the show, Heather. I'm writing it down. Oh, okay. it's such a good record. I really it. listen. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> You're like, I'm not touching that record. <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like something I would have liked if oh. I was familiar. Violent Femmes did see. Eep Up Orc uh-uh from the Jetsons. Yes. So good. Uh, Matthew Sweet did uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Oh. And then uh, Josie and the Pussycats was done by Juliana Hatfield and Tanya Donnelly. Uh, wow. It feels weird that I didn't know about mm-hmm. this, to be honest. Like, it feels Frente, like my alley. Frente did Open Up Your Heart and Let the Sunshine In, which was one of my favorite tracks off that record. I'm not Man, f- I, gotta get, I gotta listen to this record now. Mm. Sublime did Hong Kong Fooey. Oh, yeah. I feel like maybe I know that, that individual song, but not from the context of that album. Collective Soul did the Bugaloos, whatever that is. Uh, whatever yeah. That is. They probably added a bunch of years <laughs> in it. Wow, what a great record. I Thank you for bringing that up because I haven't thought of that record in years. That was that record was like, I would wear that one out and then I would wear out that No Alternative uh, like collection of various artists only because Metallica... Uh, not Metallica, they didn't let Metallica <laughs> anywhere near that record. <laughs> On an alternative uh, collection. Be- yeah, only because there was a, a hidden Nirvana track oh. near the end Got it. that everyone thought was called Verse, Chorus, Verse, but I think it was actually called Sappy. Uh, but that's uh, one of my favorite Nirvana songs, and so I'd listen to that. Oh, God. This sounds fun to play. This sounds like it should have been on Rock Band. Yes, it does. Yeah, right? Like the hard level, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't do this on easy. Yep. My mom would just be in the living room just wailing <laughs> on this Kurt, Kurt Hammett solo. What is this song? 
Uh, this song is My Friend of Misery. It is <laughs> seven minutes long. <laughs> What's that of doing in there? I guess it, no, I guess it's no. a different... I just wasn't expecting it to show up in that title. Guys, I have to be honest here. Mm-hmm. Had I known we were going to listen to the whole record... We only have one song left. No? I would have never have chosen Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> Maybe it's better then. of how long this record is. I mean, because it's, there, it's, it's just... It's an hour. There's Chugga Chugga. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of wanking. Yeah. Which is the best wanking in the business, Kurt <laughs> Hammett. Um, yeah. So there there are albums that we have done on this show that are painful to listen to in its entirety. This mm-hmm. has not been that, which is good. good. As long as you don't have anything to do that we're keeping you from, I don't no, mind no, that I'm, you pick we're, this. We're going we're gonna to finish this, we're, <laughs> you know. My, my wife's probably like, you said this was only going to be an hour. Like in yeah, the other room. And I'm like, an honey, we, over an hour. <laughs> like, honey, we, we listen to all of Metallica Metallica. Oh. And then she'll just say, ew. <laughs> um, now, I have a question for you guys then. Since Please. this is your second Metallica record, mm-hmm. which one do you like more? I think I probably like this one more because I knew songs off this one. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I, I will say... I think I like this as an album more, but I mm-hmm. feel like I learned, and maybe it's just because I heard the other one first. I learned more right. about that band that changed my perception of the band. That there. makes sense. This one, what like, was- I, I recognize the hits here. On uh, when I just like Metallica as the name, as the uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, complainant on a lawsuit. Uh, yes, I assumed they were just kind of a dumb metal band. Right. And Yeah, and so you already had that new context coming into this listen. Yeah, like they're going to make uh, Hemingway references and allusions to biblical things and, Yeah. Uh yeah, they they were they proved to be smarter than I thought they were. Oh, they're very smart. Yeah. Very smart guys. They really are. Um and I don't mean to disparage them. I'm just defending my friend Ronald here. <laughs> Does Ronald still listen at all? Does he Uh I don't know. He, I, he was he never listened to Metallica. He just like Napster. <laughs> he was just a big Napster fan. Oh <laughs> I'll be honest. He, I, I haven't talked to Ronald since high school. Uh, oh my god! I wish I wish we could just zoom Ronald in right now. <laughs> like bring from him in a jail. From the waiting yeah. room. He's like in a jail cell. <laughs> Poor Ronald. Like, well, he's been in prison since two thousand one. Yeah, it's it's a real unforgiven situation. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> Yeah, Lars was like, we got unforgiven that guy. <laughs> so they put him in just like a stone cell. Yep. You like look at Ronald and you see all of his drooping skin. <laughs> but it's he very looks like clearly him. He looks like he's 80. Yep. But you, yeah, but he has Ronald's face. Yep. <laughs> just like a Benjamin Button effect. <laughs> like, Ronald? You have to explain to him the concept of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea what it is. He goes back into prison. <laughs> God. I don't. I am trying to think. I'm trying to scroll. I know we skipped when we were doing corn, but I don't know what other ones we've actually really skipped through. I've really made you suffer through some of these. <laughs> what is the worst album you guys have done? Depends on who Ruby you ask. And I have different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, then, for both of you, what album really hits you the most in this in this journey? Uh, there have been more you, punishing ones, but I think the one that, that I found the most offensive was at the drive-in. Yeah, yeah, it definitely really? was. Yes, 
Oh, he Love. really did not enjoy it. It's a bunch of gibberish being screamed at me over uh-huh. uh, uh, wailing guitars that were occasionally okay, but mostly unpleasant to listen to. And you like this? This is better. I like. There's okay. a there's a melody here, um, and when it's a cool guitar solo like this, I'm like, <laughs> I, I wish I could play this. Okay. Yeah. Kirk that Hammett, is- guys. That is like I feel like the difference with the, the things that Ramsey doesn't like is he does not like things that are chaotic at all. And I do feel like metal is very ordered. Mm-hmm. Like it is yes. doing a thing. Like I feel like another one you really hated was Cap and Jazz. I'm not sure yep. if you're familiar okay. with them, Jason. That was far worse. Yeah. Captain Jazz? Cap in Jazz. Like a, oh. a Cap and Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had a character in college radio named Sergeant Jazz. Oh. So, you outranked where this band. I would I would host a jazz shift like a morning jazz shift oh this is the captain I was of a, your ship <laughs> i was i was the drill instructor just yelling out the jazz artists oh yeah so I was like, you just heard theologius monk <laughs> and like all of the all of the faculty of uh radford university really appreciated sergeant jazz so were you a jazz fan i i was and remain a jazz fan huh. that's, yeah that's a very strange character choice but i love it <laughs> So Captain Jazz is is what? They are like a math rocky emo band from the Midwest from okay. the late nineties, and Ramsey really did not like that one. Recorded either. primarily on the oldest cassette tapes possible. <laughs> oh god, the album started over. We finished we, it. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. Here come the Virginia Tech Hokies. <laughs> They're coming down the tunnel Again? right now. They, They're uh, is, getting ready to play West Virginia. <laughs> Heather, would that be your pick for? Least favorite album that we did? Not Metallica, but Captain Cap Jazz? Jazz? Um, no. <laughs> Probably either for for me, it was pro. I almost said either me, which is what my four year, five year old niece says instead of me either. Um, <laughs> either me. Eith- it, yeah, either me. She also calls hand sanitizer Hanitizer, which I love that's that perfect. one. That's perfect. Um, that's a good I one. We that. should have used uh, that. That's a good one. Yeah, we should take that one. Um, yeah. I feel like. The ones I probably like the least, Cap and Jazz. I I don't love Cap and Jazz, but mm-hmm. I like other things that Tim Kinsella does. But like something probably ska for me. Mm. So you is like up say there. you hate you hate the specials. I don't love ska. You it don't just, like ska. I gotta say, I find I, it unoffensive. I just don't like it. I went to a lot of ska shows. Yeah. in high school, um, mainly because my friends were big into ska, and I just went to get out of my house. Sure. I've never really been a big ska fan. Um, but I think now I think I uh, respect it a little bit more. I don't know, but it's, I'm never going to be a fan. It's not my fave. It's not my fave. Yeah. And then, I mean, going back to listen to something like Corn as a full-grown adult is not really, um, you know, great. <laughs> I'm sure that's the same reaction for the members of Corn. Dude, oh, well, I tried to do a full Limp Biscuit album and then I couldn't get through it physically <laughs> myself, so we just did a single song because I was like I can't, I can't torture yeah. myself with this. So, oh, um, I was embarrassed well, for was, you. I wanted to to die. Re- <laughs> was, now, were you a big Limp Biscuit fan though when you were younger? Did you have like the yeah. red hat and everything? I, de- I never had a Kangle hat, right? Uh, but yeah, I definitely did because it's like I was listening. It was the same period I was listening to Corn and all of that. So I was never like Limp Biscuit is my favorite band. Corn, I probably Corn was probably one of my favorite bands when I was like thirteen or something. But so it was Corn, uh, Limp Biscuit, in the list. 
I mean, there were others. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the top is corn lip biscuit. No, no. It was, uh, yeah, I loved corn. I loved Rob Zombie. Um, yeah. There was this other band I liked called Video Drone. Uh, yeah. There was a bunch of those, like, bands. Oh, one of our one of our friends in a one of Ramsey and my mutual friends in a group chat the other day bought up this band Finger Eleven that apparently made like a big pop turn at some point. And I was entirely unfamiliar. Yeah, and it shocked me to my core because I was like, I don't understand what happened. Yeah, they did like a pop turn with like that was more like if I remember correctly, it was like a Vertical Horizon type yes. sound, right? Yeah, yeah. And she she sent this song unknowing that I was very familiar with the uh, new metal version of this band, and I was like, I this that. <laughs> This song is five times more popular than any song I know by them on Spotify, and I did not know it existed. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was really oh. threw me for a loop. That is a, oh, Jesus. That's a band name I have not heard in 20 years. Yeah, uh, I mean. Part of the very B.B. Mech tour. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot the other one. Skid Row. It's B.B. B- Mech, Skid Row, and Finger 11. Finger Which 11. bands opens? I mean, headlines. Skid Row. Skid Row. Yeah. But, Skid it has, but Sebastian, Boss, Sebastian Bach has to be back in Skid Row. Row for I them mean, to I, I know him mainly from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> but he has to only do Gilmore Girls dialogue while he's singing. He can't do <laughs> and, the lyrics anymore. No, he can, they, he can play Hap Alien songs, the band he was in in Gilmore Girls. Oh. <laughs> yes. That, that's the only thing that could headline that tour. Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say, if Sebastian Bach's not in it, Finger 11 uh, headlines. Yeah. <laughs> BB Mac only has one song. <laughs> yeah, they, they're playing the... Uh, the little stage that's in the yeah. parking yeah. lot. Finger Eleven the at least had two separate careers based on yeah. this conversation. Yeah. So I think while Finger Eleven is playing, uh, just like Lars, he cuts in on the big monitor backstage and does the Gilmore mm. Girls dialogue, <laughs> and then back to Finger Eleven. He's like, "Look who's here!" And Lauren Graham comes out into the frame. Perfect. And everyone's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> Perfect. Southwest Virginia goes nuts for Lauren Graham. God. <laughs> Play Ilmore Girls. I was trying to drop the mm. met- <laughs> like Metallica. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. work. You have a collect call from. Hey man, play <laughs> Ilmore Girls. <laughs> Jason, well, thank you so much for bringing this to us. Uh, what a what a journey. What Learned a gift. some more. Mostly that Metallica still writes just hits. Yeah, like, yeah. I, this is. I can't believe there are five singles on this album. I know. What was, that was huge. I, I'm sorry to do like Metallica quiz time, but like, what was mm-hmm. their last time. big hit? Like, they oh. had some after mm-hmm. this album, right? I mean, the, in terms of just like hit, hit. I mean, they had singles. They had like Memory Remains and Fuel. Okay, I feel like I've heard those um, names. They had the Unforgiven Two, which was a single. Um, but in terms of hit hits, like the way that they never matched what they did on this record. Okay. They sold. This they still the sold a lot of records. They still right. had their fan base that would just like yeah. buy these records up left and right. But they never, um, you know, hit the heights that they hit on this record. And they are still Makes... putting stuff out, right? They are yeah. a band. Yeah, they they, they put out Hardwired to Self Destruct. Twenty sixteen. Was that hmm. good? God, really? That was twenty sixteen. Yeah. If I was going to say twenty eighteen, I didn't think it was that long ago. It's a good record. It's honestly a very very good record. Um. I was shocked when it came out because I had kind of given up on them after St. Anger. So I was shocked to hear that record and be like, okay, this is good. Yeah, yeah this I is actually really like good. this. Is, yeah. is this something you go back to with any regularity? Like, do you just Metallica? put on Metallica? Yeah, do you just put on Metallica? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the past few months, 
I, there was a point in the pandemic where I was like, I just go on, I just want to listen to heavy stuff. Fair. I don't know what it was. I listened to a lot of Helmet, <laughs> uh, which was strange. I listened to a lot of Anthrax, um, and I listened, and I and I went back to Metallica and listened to a lot of Metallica. Fair enough. I do think what I mentioned before when they were doing the the concerts every week that kind of got me back into right. it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I go I go back to it back to it quite a bit, and oh. uh, I'm happy to do it. That's 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 a good sign of standing the test of time for sure. Yeah, if I if Jason Gore can listen to it again with no mullet, <laughs> true. It's like the Samson situation that yeah, you've lost your hair, but still the Metallica power remains. Yeah, yeah. power <laughs> remains. Oh, that, that from the King James Hetfield Bible. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I still listen. To, I still listen to a lot of the stuff I listened to as a as a kid, and I, I think. I kind of found myself gravitating to that more during the pandemic too. Uh, there, was some, there was there was comfort. Yeah, I feel I feel similarly. Like I feel like I didn't listen to very much new music. I'm still I'm like catching up on things that have come out in the past couple of years because all I wanted to do was listen to things I knew and that were comfortable. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we we listened to uh, Neil Young's Harvest Moon on repeat because that's <laughs> the one Neil Young album that Kristen, my wife, really likes. Yeah. Uh, the Waxahachie record that came out oh. last year. We, okay, we I did listen that to that one a lot, actually. <laughs> on repeat, just oh, that constantly. One, um, that was a big quarantine album for me. Oh, God, yeah. That, they, they, the, just the way, it was the sound of the quarantine for me, really. Yeah. Hmm. That and, the, and then the two Taylor Swift records. Oh, God, same. <laughs> I listen, we listened to those nonstop. I like the first one. It, the first one is better. It's better. Folklore's but, better. My wife is an Evermore person. Ah. <laughs> Through and through, she said the songs are better, and I'm like, I don't know if they are, but they're <laughs> I, both. I also want to do good. that. I also want to do that thing where like Beatles fans are like, you know, take uh, you take the best songs from the White oh, Album sure. and you make it into one album. I'm like, <laughs> what would it be like to take the best songs? I, I pitched this to my wife, like, oh, let's take the best songs from Folklore and the best songs from Evermore and make one record to see what it sounds like. And she's like, I'm not interested in doing this. <laughs> So I'm like, fair. Okay. Fair. We've been through a lot. Mine would just be all the Jack Antonoff songs, but yeah. that's me. Yeah. No, they're the best. <laughs> they're very good. Um, amazing. Well, Jason, where <clears throat> can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online. My website is jason-gore.com. Uh, a lot of my videos and comedy and stuff lives there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sonic Dork. Uh, of course, you can hear me on The Best Show with Tom Sharpling every Tuesday night from 9 until midnight, uh, thebestshow.net. Uh, meet My Friends, The Friends, a podcast out of that. Um, I also do a classic rock parody podcast called uh, 108.9 The Hawk. Uh, that takes me back. I literally, During the pandemic, I was like, what if I got back into radio? What if I started? Love it. What if I was a DJ again? And I haven't done that yet, so I was like, well, let's just make fun of it. There we go. And it is a all, you can listen to it at anchor.fm slash 1089thehawk. You have to have Spotify to listen, though, because it utilizes that new Spotify oh. thing where you can, it's it's basically like listening to the radio. Cool, that's so awesome. So I have like zips and zaps that come in, sweepers, <laughs> and I come in with breaks like, you know, uh, and that was... Uh, 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 Bachman Turner Overdrive taking care of business on 108.9 The Hawk and uh, it's fun I've been doing That's that awesome. for for uh past few months yeah I'm on I, I'm literally on a hundred podcasts <laughs> I cannot name them all 
All right. I well, can't. That, it wasn't a quiz, so we can stop at those. Yep. <laughs> You're like, name three more, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Mom Rock. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jason, thank you so much, and we're we're gonna have you back for Soundgarden's Monkey Stereo Bicycle or whatever the hell that was called. I will come back for Monkey Stereo Bicycle, <laughs> the best album Soundgarden. God. Uh, oh yeah, no, I would come back in a heartbeat. This right. was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Heather, where can we find you on the internet? At Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. How about you, Ramsey? You can find me at Ramsey E-S-S. You can find our podcast at ifyourelistening.com. You can find all mm-hmm. our social media stuff there. I have frozen up, as so well I think I'm just doing Patreon. this into the void for a moment. No, you're not. You're great. You can find our oh. Patreon there okay, as good. well. <laughs> you can leave us a review on uh, iTunes. I don't honestly know where you go for that anymore. I feel like Apple changes names of everything, but <laughs> you can find it. See if you can do yeah. it. Just go yeah. there. Um, I think that's it. Anything uh, well, I, else? <laughs> I do, I do want to say real quickly, Ronald, we're thinking about you. Yeah. We do thoughts hope you prayers. get out of, out of jail soon. Yeah, thoughts and mm-hmm. prayers. <laughs> Godspeed, Ronald. Bye. <laughs>